1: At JC fashion counts for everybody
0: Welcome into the lounge presented by DraftKings. We're thrilled to have center Tyler Linderbaum here with us. And Tyler, I'll start with this. So I kind of solicited questions uh, from Ravens fans for this interview. And and one guy in particular, uh, Cole Jackson, he's like a big tape guy. He loves breaking down offensive line tape, right? So I was like, all right, give me a question that makes me sound really smart and like I'm really technical, like I'm a grinder trenches guy, right? Okay, so here's the question, all right? What is the key to winning the Solon Beef Day hay bale toss? <laughs> the
2: key. Um, shoot. Uh, I don't know if I have the answers to that. Oh, wow. Um, Stumped them. Yeah. Stumped them. <laughs> Um, really just try to throw it as high um, and as hard as you can. Okay. Um, and just hope that it gets over the bar.
0: All right. So for so, our listeners out there, can you explain to them what the Beef Day Hay, hay Bale Toss is?
2: Yeah. So um, Solon, Iowa, that's where I'm from. And every year there's a kind of a town fair, county fair. Yeah. And there's this thing we have every Friday night called the hay bell toss. And the goal of it is a bunch of grown men, kids, whatever, uh, try to throw a hay bell as high as they can right. kind of over a high jump bar right. and you just keep going up, keep going up and see how high you can get. So a lot of people go to it. It's a, it's kind of a fun thing to do. Um, a fun tradition, um, yeah. yeah, I'm glad I could be a part of it. And a lot of former Iowa players still do it, so I, it's a pretty cool event. I saw that you got
0: first place with 14 feet, and Tristan Wirfs had 12 feet. So your <laughs> rivalry beyond wrestling, it go, went to another level with the hay bale toss.
2: You know, each year it's kind of different based off the hay bales and how much they weigh. Okay, um, So probably that one year where Tristan only got 12... Feet or 13 feet, whatever you got. Uh, the hay bales are probably a little heavier because uh, <laughs> I know for a fact that he can throw higher than me. Okay, um,
3: you so, humble man.
2: Yeah, I got lucky. Are you, would you do this in the off season? Um, no, I'm retired from <laughs> it. Okay, you yeah, you're retired. retired. Your hay baling
3: yep. throwing days are behind yep. you.
1: Okay,
2: <laughs> uh, went in there, won it, and so I'm. Um, we're on
3: Throwing
1: it in the towel. Yep. Yeah, yeah, you <laughs> rode
3: off into the sunset as a champion. Correct. Um, all right, so last time we had you on the podcast, it was last year, and you were coming off a game where you uh, put Devin White on skates against the Buccaneers <laughs> and basically dominated, had that block that everybody was talking about in that game. So now one of your blocks is kind of blowing up once again, which is on Keaton Mitchell's 60-yard run. You had Jordan Brook. You, basically, you took him out of the play twice. You're running 60 yards down the field. Double dipper. Alongside Keaton Mitchell, and you took out Brooks twice on that play. So I want to get your perspective on this block.
2: Um, first, I started with Keaton breaking the first tackle, um, and I'm just trying to do my job pulling around. Uh, just hit the guy as hard as I could. Um. <laughs> You know, with Keaton and his speed, you never know what's going to happen. So, just keep trying to work downfield and make a block. Um, but on that play, you know, there's – you go all across the line. Everyone was doing their jobs. So, um, first with Pat McCarry, you know, pulling out, pulling out and – um, and Jamal Adams to the sideline so that kind of helped spring the play open
3: yeah have, has there been another play that you can think of where you took the same guy out of the play twice yeah, on the same play I mean that
0: doesn't happen very often well once you take a guy out of the play he's out of the play but right? then he, so came he came back can take a guy out then took, he kind of came back he's like
1: in the Terminator
2: you just made sure you made sure possible. that he didn't make the play so I should have I should have probably hit him harder the first time just so I, mean, I didn't have to worry ah, about okay, the second there we go. time that's true so yeah, that's, there we go. next time I'll learn from it
0: I'll you know, learn from the <laughs> so. I'm wondering have you ever I mean you ran 54 yards on that play is that the farthest downfield that you've ever made a block you think I mean that's pretty atypical
2: um probably um no other than that just maybe trying to run down when they're going to score a touchdown so just celebrating yeah um just trying to do my job you know That's what O-linemen do, just try to do their job and spring open big plays like that.
0: Well, it's kind of like at the Combine, right? Whenever the O-linemen run the 40, everybody's like, well, who cares? The (laughs) O-linemen, he's never running 40 yards for a block. It's all about that split, you know, the first whatever three steps. This proves it wrong. You know, you got to run a good 40 for that kind of block. (laughs) Right. So,
2: you know, the 40s matter for the big guys. There you go. Exactly.
0: You're welcome to all the big guys now running the 40 at the combine. Tyler just ruined it for you all. There you go. (laughs) I actually do
3: remember last year when you got here, Lamar talking about like your speed getting down the field. Oh, yeah, that's right. You know, so this is, is that something that you actually take pride in? I mean, we're kind of joking about like that speed, you know, 40, 50 yards down the field, but is that a point of pride?
2: Just always trying to work to the ball, getting around the ball. Um, I wouldn't say I'm the fastest. I don't know. Just try to try to work hard, get to the ball, uh, be around the ball, just in case you know anything good or bad happens. So it's always good to be around the ball. I did look up your speed on the play. It wasn't quite what Keaton's was.
0: Yeah, you weren't, you weren't super. <laughs> I'm far still up. trying to chase him. So yeah, maybe so, someday. Exactly. So I'm curious. Where do you feel like you've made your greatest improvements from year one to year two?
2: Um. I think just, one, just you're going to learn a lot from playing 17 games in the NFL your rookie year. Yeah. Um, everything's so new. The speed of the game is is a lot faster than college. Um, I just think being more comfortable, um, knowing that I can do it. You know, last year, there's probably a bunch of times going, facing new guys, going against new guys. You know, there's a lot of questions. Can I do this? Mm. Um, just having that confidence, I think, has helped me into year two. You know, obviously there's still a lot of stuff that I want to improve on and still get better at. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think I'm, you know, making the right strides and taking a step in the right direction. But, you know, always hungry to get better.
3: And when you were at Iowa, run-heavy offense, and then you come to the NFL last year, and it was a run-heavy offense <laughs> primarily. This year, it's it's more balanced. You know, the passing game is um, taking on kind of a new element of, of this offense. For you, how – what was your approach to kind of improving as a pass protector like knowing you had done it at a great level as a run blocker but now with this new element of this offense need to improve more as a pass protector what was the approach there
2: yeah i think it was something that you know i I really want to focus on getting better at um and you know especially in this league you know we're gonna we're gonna be passing the ball um so you know we brought in the receivers got lamar um that we can you know spread them out and pass the ball and i didn't want to be, you know, a liability. You know, there's still a lot of stuff that I want to work on in the pass game and pass protection. Um, you know, each and every week there's stuff that I can get better at. But if we're going to be throwing the ball more, i got to be better as a pass protector. Um, that just comes with, you know, reps working on it and your technique. Um you know, and I got a good group of O-linemen um, in the room to help me out with that.
3: Well, you're, you're selling yourself short a little bit. I mean, you're saying you don't want to be a liability, but right now you lead the NFL in pass blocking,
0: you know, for centers. Okay. PFF, PFF grade. highest grade is the center in pass blocking.
3: Yeah, so... I think that you're not a liability check. You check that (laughs) off. Okay. For sure. So (laughs) how, like, how did you improve? Like, like how, not that you were not good at it previously, but you just hadn't done it as probably as much as you are this year. So how did you go about improving that? And and what does it mean to you to be leading the way at this point? But with that PFF grade,
2: I think it's just, you know, a lot goes into the technique. Uh, Like I said, just being confident in it. Um, You know, knowing the body positions that you want to get into where you're in a strong body position and, at the end of the day, just try not to let the guy uh, across from you beat you. So um, just block forever. Block as long as you can. Um, and let the playmakers out in space and Lamar um, hit the hit the throws downfield.
0: It feels like the offensive line is really gelling right now. Like it's just, you know, that, that position group, it's all kind of five as one, right? Like y- you all have to kind of be on point for it to work. What? What is it that's gelling so well? What's creating that? Is it the dinners that I hear that you all host every week? What
2: What is it? The the dinners certainly help. Yeah, um, no, <laughs> food it's all, always helps with everything. To right? be honest, it's all about chemistry at the o line position. Um, you know, anytime you understand, you know where guys are going to be, um, how you're going to work off each other, that's going to make the unit a lot better. Um, and as it's been like that through my whole career, you know, m- no matter where I'm at, no matter what the schemes are. Uh, the more reps you get with the guys, you know, the better you're going to be. The better you're going to work together down the road. Um, you know, I think we're continuing to get better. You know, certainly got a long way to go, but the good thing is we're only in midseason, um, and we got you know eight, nine more games until the end of the year to really get where we want to be um, to make a push. Well, that's just the end of the regular season. Correct. Yeah, make yeah, a push yeah, for the playoffs. There you yeah. go. <laughs>
0: um, um, take us inside these airline dinners. Yeah. How did this come about? When did it start? How how does it all work?
2: Well, ever since I've been here, we've done them. Um, Ronnie Stanley has people over. Um, okay. His chef cooks for us. and Nice. And it's a wide variety of food, so you never know what you're going to get. I think this week we're doing breakfast food, so that's my favorite, so I can't wait. Um, <laughs> but, it, you know, it's, it's something good. It's good to get guys together. You know, we'll have other position guys come in there. Um, nice. Yeah, I heard Pat Ricard yep, gets an invite. Pat Ricard comes. You know, He's an honorary offensive lineman. Lamar and Snoop have been there, so. Nice. Yeah. So it's it's good to get the guys together outside of football uh, just to hang out for a little bit. Yeah, because you know we don't have much time outside of it. So yeah.
3: yeah, I'm just curious. This is pretty cool. I don't know that every team would do something like this. So Ronnie initiated this and basically said, "Hey guys, I want to have you over." And you know, does, does the chef take orders? How I many dare you guys putting in
2: requests? There's a theme, right? <laughs> he said it's
3: breakfast food this week, right? Yeah.
2: So um, we've done Mexican food, uh, Chinese food. Kind of anything you name it, we've done it before. Right. Um, well, Ronnie's kind of adventurous that way, I feel very. Like. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He he loves a widespread of food. So yeah. Um, no, his chef does a great job and uh it's a good little tradition it, we have.
0: Yeah, how many guys like so I mean that's a lot of that's a lot of men and big men
2: to me. That's a lot of food. It is a lot of food. <laughs> um we probably got what, fifteen, twenty guys uh probably come every week. Nice. So It's good. We definitely run out of uh, some of the food that's there, Um, (laughs) but they, they make a lot. So usually there's a lot of leftover.
3: Is it, uh, and the last question about this is like, do you feel like that actually carries over? Like it's nice to hang out with your buddies and have a good meal and all that stuff. But like, do you actually feel like there's a tangible benefit from the off the field camaraderie once you get
2: into game action? I think if you enjoy being around people, um, you know, it'll, it'll probably help on the field. You know, if you're playing next to someone that you absolutely hate, uh, <laughs> I'm sure that wouldn't be too enjoyable. I don't know. I've never had I mean, to deal with that. I mean, I sit next to somebody like that. <laughs> right. and I can tell you from experience it right. sucks. <laughs> <laughs> I've never had to deal with that. So if it helps, I don't know. I assume it does. Um, <laughs> I don't know. It's a good little thing that we do. Um, it's a good little tradition that Ronnie does. That's, That's awesome. cool. So
0: it seems like Todd ha- Todd Munkin has done a really good job of blending run scheme from what worked so well with Greg's system to what, you know, infusing what he wants to do. From an offensive lineman's perspective, can you talk about that blend?
2: Yeah. Um, I think we've done a good job, uh, you know, just one, just working together as a unit, you know, everyone being on the same page. Uh You know, obviously there's some carryovers, the plays we've done in the past, but also there's some new schemes. Um, I don't know maybe the tendencies of or how much of one thing we're doing than the other compared Mm -hmm. to last year. Um, But, you know, we're always trying to improve uh, the run game and always trying to, you know, that's the emphasis, you know, being able to run the ball. Um, Anytime we can do that, it can open up a a whole bunch of other things. So. Mm -hmm.
0: And and it's it's cool to see. I mean, and Greg did a lot of this too. Anybody can be pulling on any play, right? The center can be pulling on a number of plays. You know, just how neat is that? That you know, you're doing a lot of unbalanced stuff. Like guys are moving around in different positions. Obviously, the center is always in the center to begin the play. Um, but like, do you feel like kind of keeping it fresh in that way also helps? Just I don't know, helps the offensive line.
2: Yeah, I think you know, I feel like that's what kind of the NFL is going towards is you know moving. A- moving guys around a lot, you know, yeah. trying to cause defense some confusion. And, you know, we have the athletes to do so. Um, we have great, great blockers. And, you know, anytime we can create maybe some confusion to help open things up, um, it's, it's big. Yeah.
3: So another factor with this offense is that, you know, Lamar talked about it at the start of the season that the biggest difference is kind of giving him the keys. To the offense, that so Todd Munkin gave him the keys, and he has the ability to make these pre pre snap checks to the line of scrimmage. And obviously, you as the center, the guy that's snapping him the football, like you're a big piece of that equation as well. Take us into that communication, how that works, and what that process looks like between you and Lamar.
2: Yeah, I mean everything runs through Lamar. You know, he's such a great player. You know, we we feed off of him. Um, you no, know, and he's done a tremendous job this year, just being commanding. You know, commanding in the huddle, um, commanding on the sideline. Uh, just being able to get guys on the same page. Um, you know, I think the, obviously the center quarterback relation is big, just knowing the O-line and the quarterback see it the same way, um, especially, you know, maybe in protection game, you know, being on the same page, understand, you know, where his problems possibly could be. Mm-hmm. So I think anywhere around the league, you know, that's a that's a big uh Focus point and emphasis that you guys got to be on the same page, you know to be effective on offense mm.
0: how, how much are you two like talking at the same time? You know, just just kind of take us inside how that process works Like do you have to does Lamar call out something do you have to be like, all right I gotta wait till he finishes and now I'm gonna relay this or how does how does it work?
2: Yeah, I mean we gotta we gotta play in the huddle go up to the line um, Make our calls, you know, if Lamar doesn't like it, he can change us out of it um where you know that's where I, I think i see the biggest difference in lamar and taking over is making those you know after the huddle call making those you know those changes at the yeah. at the line of scrimmage um he's done a great job and we've seen a lot of plays this year to where he's making changes and you know he's helped us make big plays out of it so
0: yeah
2: um it's something that we're continuing to get better at continuing to prove at. but certainly certainly the step in the right direction yeah.
3: do you do you as a center kind of have to go to the line with almost like multiple plays and options in mind and then knowing like, okay, he's, he may see something and make a check. Now I have to change my, my frame of protection mind or whatever, whatever. And then maybe communicate that to the rest of the line. Like I'm just curious about that process.
2: Yeah. I mean, all, all the plays that we have, have rules, um, uh, rules for the line rules for running backs, rules for, for receiver, you know, and once we get up to line, something could change if the defense is giving us, giving us a different look than what we're thinking you know, we certainly have the capability of quarterbacks or the O-line communicating to each other to, to change something about either protection or the run game, how we handle things. Um, you know, and that's why you see everyone, when they go to the sideline, they're communicating, um, you know, the different looks we're seeing. That's why we have the iPads, you know. Mm-hmm. You know, the yeah. stuff, stuff that maybe defenses are showing us, you know, just being able to communi- communicate effectively uh, is big to, you know, get us in, the, in the right in the right call.
0: continuity is really important for an offensive line that's what everybody talks about you do have one new starter this year John Simpson stepping in for Ben Powers at left guard watch some of the tape John Simpson was putting some people on their backs uh (laughs) last week
2: can you just talk about what John has brought to the offensive line yeah John's been awesome you know he's continually get better and better um you know he's been a great addition to our team um you know very coachable you know I know Jody loves working with him and you know, he's, he's definitely making our team better just by his play. Uh, mm-hmm. And each and every game, you know, he's getting more and more confident um, with the things that he can do. Right. You know, we've talked just about the season
3: that you're having and feel like it's a Pro Bowl caliber season and feel like, <laughs> you know, it's it's going to be that time soon. Isn't Fans better t-
0: vote, by the way. Yeah, so when, when voting f- opens, it's mm. not
3: open yet, but when it does open. This, this guy, guy, big time <laughs> voting. For, yeah, yeah, we got yeah, to make the push. Yes, we are campaigning <clears throat> on your behalf. So. Yep. Um. But is, like, are those types of accolades something that you care about?
2: Honestly, no. I think, you know, the biggest thing, one uh, thing that I've always thought is, you know, if you're, if you're winning football games, the accolades will come with it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, as long as you're doing your job winning football games, you know, a lot more guys will get that recognition. So I'm really just focused on this week. You know, us, us, um, you know, handling the Browns coming into our place, you know, it's going to be a good challenge. And all that other stuff will take care of itself. Um, No, and I'm I'm much I'd much rather you know win football games than worry about being in the Pro Bowl, Mm -hmm. uh, any other things. I think a lot of guys uh, around this league and especially on this team, you know, think the same way.
3: Yeah, Yeah. I mean, it's the right mindset to have. But you you take that mindset, and we're going to do our part to try to get you there. Exactly,
2: (laughs) exactly.
0: (laughs) We don't we can't win games. Yeah, we can't win games, but we can't help with this. (laughs) (laughs) Appreciate it. Um, So I want to dig a little bit into your background. Um, You have an older brother, Logan. Right, and he's three years older than you. Yeah. And so, you know, I have a brother who's three and a half years older than me, and uh, I used to get the snot kicked out of me (laughs) routinely, Um, especially when he was taking karate. That was the worst time of my life. (laughs) I can imagine. Yeah. Um, So I'm just curious, like, how did that shape you as a competitor, as an athlete?
2: Um, Yeah. What did that do for you? I think being the youngest, you know, you're always getting picked on. Um, But also, for me, I was always trying to get up to my brother's level, Um, you know, just always being around his friends, always trying to compete with them. Um, And he definitely, I definitely got my butt whooped a lot uh, growing (laughs) up, but it it was was good for me. Uh, You know, he's been a good role model, Model for me um, in my development um, in in sports, yeah. and you know I certainly wouldn't be where I'm at without him. And certainly wrestling is a big part
0: of your background. Uh, mm-hmm. State champion in Iowa, and can you not a state champ? Not a state. No. I thought you were a state champ. Oh, I'm sorry. No, sorry. I'm okay. trying to see. I'm trying <laughs> with the Pro <laughs> Bowl voting. <No>. These Pro <laughs> Bowl voters out there, state champion. All right? Adding accolades.
3: What are you doing? You're ruining it. We weren't even going to fact. We obviously didn't fact check it, so you could someone someone it. out there yeah. would fact <laughs> check.
2: Someone out there. We could have gotten away with that. No.
3: Whoever was the state champion would have commented and said actually probably yeah
2: Yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) but you beat tristan worse so that'll count um uh would you advise like every you know high school center who has big aspirations to also wrestle like is that a big part of of your game still
2: yeah i think you know it's big it's a big thing for especially for the o-line position i think it's uh something that they should all consider doing. Yeah. One, I think it's good for there's a lot of transitional stuff that transitions over from wrestling to football. Uh just understanding leverage, you know, the body movements, body control uh is big, but also just it's one of the hardest sports I've done. Um yeah. just pushing yourself. Um and when you step on that mat, it's one-on-one. You know, there's no one else out there that can help you. Mm-hmm. So I think the sport is great and it teaches you a lot of things.
3: Yeah, that's interesting. I know that last year when you got drafted, you know, the question was size to a certain extent, you know, and you have proven that, like, you don't need to be a six foot six. You know that'd be a huge center, but but you know you can you can be the size that you are and be incredibly successful. And there's a lot of centers, honestly, that have 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 proven that. At what point did you realize like, oh, I can hang in this league? Like, I I I'm able to hold my own and make this transition and play at a really high level at, at, in the NFL game.
2: Yeah, well, I think first you know I think undersized. There's one of the best centers to ever play the game, still playing, Jason Kelsey, right. Um he's undersized and he plays at such a high level. So I don't think I think guys who think that um are wrong just because there's a lot of people that can play at a high level, especially him. Right. Leverage, who, right? Who, who will be a Hall of Famer. So um I think maybe size might help in certain situations, but it's a game of leverage. Yeah. It's a game of, you know, getting your pads under his and um I think that that, that definitely helps me comes into play. Um, you know, when I go Go out there and step on the field.
3: Yeah, I mean, I got to believe that, like, you know, Kelsey obviously has been doing it for a long time, and like you said, he's going to be probably hall of famer at at some at some point. Is that like, do you study his tape? Do you look at what he did? Like, is he a guy that you're like? I mean, certainly the level that he's played at any center would want to play at that level over the course of his career. But do you actually look at what he does and you know, similar body types and kind of learn from the way he approaches the game?
2: Yeah, certainly all the time. I'm always watching his tape. Especially, you know, this this offseason, you know, even during like fall camp, I'd be watching his old games, um, just trying to there's a lot of stuff that, you know, as centers that you can't do what he's doing. Um, just the way he moves his body, the way he's able to get in certain positions. But, you know, you're always trying to learn from guys who have been successful. And he's certainly certainly one of them. Um, yeah, I watch his tape. All the time, maybe sometimes more than mine. So
0: <laughs> really, yeah. Like so. even in season, like now, like you'll yeah. still put on his r- most recent
2: game. Yeah, absolutely. If there's, <laughs> especially if he's played teams that we've played, um, that's the first guy I'm watching.
0: That's so. awesome. Yep, that's really cool. That's cool. So, what's your mindset going into you know back to back big divisional games against really physical defensive fronts? What's your mindset going into
2: to Cleveland and and then I guess also Cincinnati? Yeah, you know this is one of the, the toughest divisions in football, and especially. In the, in the front seven, you know, those, we have a lot of good D linemen in this league. Um, and it's certainly a challenge for the o linemen. Uh, but, you know, we're, um, I think we're a talented group too, you know, but we're certainly going to be challenged and, you know, they make us work. So we're excited. You know, we got, you know, got Cleveland to worry about now and um, we're going to be ready on Sunday. Awesome. Well, from one state champion wrestler myself. Were you? No. Oh, no. <laughs>
0: yeah,
2: but like, Maybe he... I could have
0: gotten away with it. <laughs> you to another near state champion. Thank you very much. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thanks, man.
1: Appreciate it. At JCPenney, fashion counts for everybody and everybody. It's spring and with the weather changing and so many great things coming up like Mother's Day and the Wind Down Tour, I definitely need a fresh spring wardrobe for every occasion. This spring, I'm looking for that perfect flowy spring dress for Mother's Day as well as replacing my everyday basics. That's what I love about JCPenney. They have so many stylish and comfortable options that I always. Find just what I'm looking for there. Spring is a feel good season and comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. The fashion at JCPenney is the same way. Refresh your wardrobe this spring with styles that get you, something to wear that fits your favorite moments of the season at prices that feel just as good. Discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first, like Worthington and Liz Claiborne for her, each in women's petite. And plus sizes, and Stafford and Mutual Weave for him. Style and comfort for all, even big and tall. Plus, even more for the whole family like Levi's and Exertion. Here, spring comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. JC Penny, make everybody count.
3: you <laughs> Welcome back into the Seat Geek Studio. Big shout out to Tyler for stopping by the podcast. Also, we want to give a shout out to our friends at DraftKings Sportsbook. They are an official sports betting partner of the Baltimore Ravens. They've got a limited time offer. You don't want to miss this. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app today. Use the promo code FLOCK. If you're a new customer, you can get a deposit bonus up to $1,000. Again, download DraftKings Sportsbook app. The promo code is FLOCK. You need to be 21 or older to play and physically present in Maryland. For help, visit MDGambling help.org or call 1-800 gambler so uh i I thought tyler was was great enjoy the conversation with him i you know i think um these he reminds me he does remind me of yanda like early in his career like the iowa guys and all that stuff and the comparisons were made when he was drafted but
0: he he reminds me of him he's a serious kind of button-up guy i mean you know whatever he can you know Has a little sense of humor too, but like he's serious about his business. You know what I mean? It's not this super big, gregarious look at me personality. Like, an offensive lineman, you're used to kind of doing the grunt work, you know, doing the hard labor and not really wanting a bunch of attention for it. Yeah. That's Tyler Linderbaum.
3: Yeah. He doesn't want like too much fanfare around that. You know, when I... I knew what he was going to say when I asked him about the Pro Bowl. yeah. You know, yeah. not worried about that, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> but, like, but like, yeah, he, he's deserving. I mean, that's not just fluff there. I mean, this guy is, is playing as one of the best centers in the game. And that's that's what the Ravens hoped when they drafted him in the first round. Yep. You use a first-round pick on a center, you hope that he becomes one of the best players in the league at his position. Yep. And he is on his way, I believe, to doing that. I think he is on that traje- trajectory.
0: Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, this, he could turn out to be one of, if not the best center in the AFC for the next decade. And, right? and that's like, like I the, mean, centers right. have long careers. Yep. He's in year two and he's already, and it's it's also impressive the, uh, the improvement that he's made in his game in such a rapid time, right? Yeah. Like last year, you know, when you look at the PFF grades and take that for what it is, right? Like in his pass blocking, he was one of the lower ranked uh, pass blockers in the AFC, really in the league, right? When it came to pass protection, now he's the best. He's number one, right? So, like, you make that big of an improvement from year one to year two. Gosh, what's that say about the rest of your game, too? And, and just how quickly he's learning, how quickly he's improving. Like, I think this dude's going to be one of the best for a long
3: time. Yeah, and there's a lot on his plate with all that the Ravens do at the line of scrimmage. I mean, they did a lot of the line of scrimmage last year in a different way, with different motions and things like that, that you just need to be Kind of understanding of all that's happening around you, make sure everyone's set and all that stuff. And now it's a different level of things that are happening at the line of scrimmage with all the checks that we talked about. But yeah, he he's an incredibly smart player, and and yeah, I think he's he's on his way to to being one of the best. Well,
0: and let's be honest, you know, when we talk about the Ravens' offensive success in recent weeks, averaging over thirty points a game. The offensive line has been a big driver of that, right? I mean, that unit has really come together to protect Lamar Jackson well. He's not getting sacked very much right now. They're running the ball extremely well. They ran for 298 yards last week. Like, the offensive line, as always, often gets overlooked, but the way that they've been playing, I think, has been a big part of the Ravens' four-game winning streak and why this offense is gaining more consistency. Well,
3: they're going to get a big test this week. Yep. I mean, we're going up you know, against a Browns team that has, and this is the debate, this is the discussion this week, who got the best defense in football? Yep. And Linderbaum and the rest of the guys on that offensive line are going to have their hands full because the Browns have a really talented defensive front. Miles Garrett obviously leads the way. Yeah. He might be the defensive player of the year if you were giving out the award in midseason. Probably would be. He probably would be. And so he attracts all the attention, but that entire front is good.
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think that uh, it's going to it's gonna be a tough test for this Ravens offensive line. It's, I think specifically Ronnie Stanley. You look at left tackle, you look at Miles Garrett, where he's going to be lining up. Now he can go anywhere. He and Zedarius Smith can switch sides. But, you know, Ronnie has, he gave up the force fumble, the sack force fumble last week. Uh, you know, it's going to be a big test for him. He didn't play against the Browns the first meeting this year. Uh, it was Patrick McCarry playing on the left side and the Ravens did well against that defensive front. I think he still had one sack. Miles Garrett did, but overall the Ravens did really well scheme wise, kind of doing a lot of things to take miles Garrett out of it. Um, but there's going to be situations where it's dropped back one-on-one. You got to block this dude and, and Ronnie Stanley's it's a big game for him.
3: Yeah. And, and all the tackle situation, you know, Patrick McCarry played really well, stepping in for Morgan Moses last week. Yep. We'll see over the course of the week if it's going to be Morgan Moses or McCary who's playing that right tackle spot. Yep. Who knows? You know, I think that will depend on Morgan. Obviously, it will depend on his health and just how it feels and all of that. So we'll see if is is McCary uses you know the backup who can step in or hopefully or, both of them.
0: How are the, the extra offensive lineman He could use this extra he and he and Ricard. Yeah,
3: you know, I think it's like it's uh, similar to when the Ravens play the Steelers, and you you can't let. Miles Garrett, or when they played the Steelers, T.J. Watt like wrecked the game. And T.J. Watt in the second half of that game, when kind of did wreck the game. And so we said this last time when the Ravens played the Browns, you can't let Miles Garrett wreck the game because he has that potential. I mean, this is a guy that can get multiple sacks and strip sacks and just completely turn a game around. Yep. You you can't let that happen and and still expect to win. You know, I thought it was interesting. You know, Miles Garrett. You know, kind of. I don't think he was trying to caused too much bulletin to board material, but he mentioned this week he was on a Kay Adams show and he mentioned uh, she asked him whether you would take Joe Burrow or uh, Lamar Jackson. And he said Joe Burrow and also pointed out he sacked Lamar Jackson a handful of times. So Mm -hmm. um, I wonder if that's made its way to Lamar. Wouldn't surprise me.
0: (laughs) I don't know that Lamar really takes is motivated by that kind of stuff, Um, but it can hurt. Sure. I, I don't think that... This week there's going to be a, a lot of a lot of storylines. The the primary one here is the defenses going up against each other. I think that that is going to be Definitely a motivating factor for the Ravens defense. You know, they're number two. The Browns are number one in total defensive rankings. The Ravens defense doesn't think it's number two. (laughs) They don't think they're behind anybody. Yeah. Right. And so they're going to be out to prove it, especially, you know, if Browns fans or whoever wants to say, well, last time they went against the Browns, you know, they were playing a rookie making his first career start. You know, it doesn't, that doesn't count. All right, well, we got Deshaun Watson this time. Let's see. Let's see who's got the better defense.
3: I think the feeling, you know, it certainly seems from the Brown side is that you know last game you kind of throw it out they expected Watson to be available we'll find out a few hours before the game he's not available yep. you have this rookie six-round pick who gets thrown in there and the Ravens the just yep. really had their way with him he didn't really have a chance and the defense dominated that game they weren't going to do much of anything and they didn't offensively yep. since then now Deshaun Watson's back they also added PJ Walker the veteran you know at quarterback there mm-hmm. so they they basically after that experience they they change their approach at quarterback. Yep. And so I think that the Brown side is feeling like that game, just throw it out. It doesn't really count. And the Ravens are saying, no, we, we could do that again. You know, I think <laughs> they're, they're throwing like that back and I, and we'll see, we'll yep. see who ends up coming down the
0: top in that regard. I thought it was one of the sharpest offensive games. The Ravens played mm-hmm. in Cleveland and and Lamar made some ridiculous throws. Uh, Mark Andrews had two touchdowns. He had a big game. He's a Browns killer, yeah. that guy. So uh, it's, it's a big game. Uh, for these defenses against each other, I think are going to want to prove a lot. And and I think, watch out for the Ravens pass rush. You know, we're sitting here talking about Miles Garrett and the Browns pass rush and Zedarius and, <laughs> and all that. Well, don't forget who leads the league in sacks, <laughs> yeah. right? And the Browns, by the way, just lost their starting left tackle, uh-huh. Jedrick, Jedrick Wills. So, uh, you know... They're already without their right tackle. I think this is a game where the Ravens can cause some havoc and uh, get after Deshaun Watson a little bit.
3: Does Geno Stone
0: keep, keep the streak rolling? He's got four straight
3: games with an interception. He leads the NFL with six. He's got more interceptions than a whole bunch of teams in the <laughs> NFL. Does he keep it rolling? I, I actually think he does.
0: Yeah? I do. think he gets another one. That would be amazing. Every time he gets one now, I'm just like, oh my gosh. this is, It
3: this just is keeps crazy. rolling. It's amazing. I, I think he actually does get one. The other thing, too, that will help this defense is if it's loud. I no, mean, for sure. Like if it if it's loud and rocking inside empty bank stadium, which I expect it to be. If you're, if you're listening, if you're yes. watching, be there, be loud. If Don't you're not there one. for this game, I know
0: like something's wrong with you. <laughs> like, You know what I mean? Like it's going to be great weather, a huge matchup. The Ravens are rocking and rolling. They're playing really well. Like, Get Like if you're not there, I don't know what you're thinking. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what you're thinking. Be there,
3: be early. Yeah, uh, we got some cool stuff planned pregame too, so get to your seat early for sure. You know, by like twelve forty, you want to be in your seat for some of the stuff we've got planned pregame. But um, yeah, so I, I think that that will be a factor if, if the yep. Ravens can really lean on the energy of that crowd, which I think they will, um, and jump out to an early lead, like like they've done the last two games at home. Like yep. that's kind of what's happened these last two games at home. They've jumped out to these early leads, and then these these. The Seahawks and the Lions just, they could never climb out of that. Then the Ravens could ramp up the pass rush and they get some turnovers. And like, yeah. now you're just off to the races.
0: It's also key for limiting their pass rush. If you don't want Miles Garrett causing yes. trouble, get out to a lead. You don't want many third and tens. They know you're throwing. You want to keep them off balance. And,
3: and like going back to that's what I kept saying going into that Steelers game. If you find yourself basically in this close game in the fourth quarter mm-hmm. and you got to try to climb that's out the, of a hole, like, you like that, the
0: Steelers' that, whole game plan is keep it close to the fourth quarter and then that TJ Watt go to work and then like TJ Watt make a play.
3: Yeah, I think it's kind of similar for the Browns here. if it's if it's good. fourth if it's if it's close in the fourth quarter and you're trying to move the ball down the field and come up with a late score that's when Miles Garrett can pin his ears back and go get the quarterback yeah.
0: and you want to avoid that yeah absolutely well it's going to be a good game at m Bank Stadium get there early make sure you're there for this one it's going to be awesome because the Ravens are getting the <laughs>